0: Nebraska basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet Eric Strickland.
1: Touchdown for three. And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion.
0: 937, the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakoven. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up.
1: Welcome on the block here on 93.7 three seven. The ticket. I'm Jake Falkovin. He is Eric Strickland, the Husker Hall of Famer and longtime NBA vet. Strick, how is your Tuesday going for you? The NCAA tournament starts tonight. It's always I uh, always like the sixty eight team tournament, so we can get going a little bit early.
0: Yeah, it's popping off, man. If you if you put your brackets together, everything is. Uh, I got I got I've got a pool that's trying to get me involved. But uh, oh yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of. Do I want to get in? Do I want to get in? Do I want to? You know, I got a lot on the plate, so do I really want to put my time in trying to figure these brackets out? Would I much rather talk about them or would I uh, want to be a braggadocious and say, hey, I picked it?
1: You know, I'm trying to figure all that
0: out. So, yeah, today was a pretty busy day. It was, uh, it was a good day. You know, it, it was kind of uh, a little hectic in some of the other, uh, you know, things that I have going on. And, but um, it's part of the process. It's, um, uh, it's a lot going on. I mean, between NFL and and you know the 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 legal illegal <laughs> means by which you can uh, get at people, the signings of some and and you know all of it's good. I mean, I think you know you find guys like you know Mr. Collins down there, wonderful lineman with the Cowboys. I mean, I I, I find just this whole aspect of the NFL just very intriguing. I even like it when I play Madden because it gives me a little inside scope to how, you know, these things, how I'm going to sign somebody, am I going to keep somebody, how is it going to affect my cap. There's just so many there's so many Integral pieces that are always working, uh, trying to figure out how to get on the cap, how much you're going to get hit by the cap, tendering, <laughs> leaguer tent, uh, first year, first tender, second tender, you know, matching of, of, of contract offers, all kinds of stuff going on, trades here. How does this trade affect? You? It's just so many pieces of it, and it makes it interesting to me. And so I, I'm I'm looking on that on top of March Madness popping off, man. So it's it's a wonderful day today.
1: Yeah, I've said it for a long time. When I played Madden growing up, I just because I would play those franchises and you know kind of try to run one, and I just thought everybody franchise tagged somebody every year <laughs> because I thought that was just that's kind of how Madden presents it's like and who are you gonna franchise tag this year? Uh, well, it's not a great deal to franchise tag somebody. It's kind of if you're in a in a tough spot, you don't have the salary mm-hmm. cap space, and so that's not going to count against you. But you're going to be paying more overall to that player. Um, so, but it doesn't give them any long term uh, you know relief as far as they're going to get a long term deal. So they don't necessarily like it either so it's just kind of a, a, a weird deal Devonte adams has said even that he doesn't want to play on that he's um, not gonna play he'd make yeah. more money I, on that one year deal but it wouldn't give him any long-term uh you know relief as right. far as knowing what's going to go on but
0: one one aspect too that i'm i'm really intrigued by is the signing of a long-term deal with a lot more of it guaranteed doesn't count as much against your cap as it does as far as the salary is concerned. So you can sign a big contract, IE, you know, kind of what they're doing with, um, uh, Aaron Rodgers. uh, sign a big, but a lot of the majority of it's guaranteed. So it's not, that means his salary is going to be smaller. But it's it's so it's not going to affect as much towards the cap as it does. You know, if you sign a big deal, but his salary's pretty high. You know, you don't want to give as much of that guaranteed money up. So, yeah, those all these pieces, man, that that just makes it fun for me to 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 watch how they're they're navigating. I, I I'm going to be honest that being a GM or or you know people that are working in those. Top tier office positions, man. That are that are working these numbers out. These number crunching is crazy.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah. sure it is. I <laughs> thought
0: basketball was wild, but this is absolutely wild.
1: Well, and it is crazy too because you just look at it in the guaranteed. Like uh, the guaranteed money is much less in the NFL than it seems to be in other places. Like Randy Gregory's deal, and he's the story of the day. So we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, as far as the NFL free agency goes, but he's he's got a five year deal worth seventy million. With only 28 million guaranteed, like that's a significant. That's that's less than half of it guaranteed. So you know, I, you know, you can cut you. They right. can
0: basically cut you, and all all that they're out is that that amount of money. Yeah. That's what you know. What Bach? I'm like people ask me, um, you know, well, why didn't you play football? I was a weird type of kid, Bach. I, I was I was one of those kids that was actually looking at collective bargaining and looking at their CBAs and trying to figure out where do I want to, you know, put my time and effort. And I I came to the realization that, you know, I'm giving my body, I'm giving my time, I'm giving my heart, I'm giving all of this towards this team. But at the end of the day, they don't have no real obligation to me. I mean, even if I'm balling out of control, I'm doing I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to for the team. And if they, if they want to, they can say, snip, snip, you know, it's a business deal. My guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're butt naked. <laughs> so that's why I started, you know, I really did. I looked at the NBA and also baseball was good, but then I, what yeah. I did with the baseball situation, I looked at it and I was like, man, okay. You know, you go through, uh, uh you, you know, spring training, you go through, uh, the. The minor leagues, you're dealing with all those parts of it, it could take you some time. It was a blessing for me with the Marlins because there wasn't like a David Justice or, you know, a, a, a Gary Sheffield or somebody that was in the position that I would have to worry about being there for a lot of years. So I was looking at baseball, but then I was looking at it from a standpoint of, man, it could be another five years before I pop. And so when I sat down with my baseball coach, he, he asked me the question. He was like, okay, Strick, it's time. It's time to make a decision. The decision's got to be, you got to choose baseball. You got to, we want to play. You got to play full season. You got to play winter ball. You got to do all of these things. And I was just like, Ooh. And he said this one thing. So it's not like Eastrick is smart. I'm not like, I'm just going to act like, oh yeah, I knew where I was doing. He said, go and you know, I think you'll be a good M- MLB player um, here for a long time. I also think you could probably play in the N- NBA. I think you're that good of an athlete. But he said, go and check out basketball, go and play. If it doesn't work out, you can come back. I said, great idea. keep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the minor league years if you can. Me. Oh man, minor minor leagues is a, is man, it's not easy, bro. You get on them long bus rides and I mean, you could be on a bus ride for 10, 12 hours. It just it really depends on where you are. If you're on the, you know, if you're on the extremities of where, where the league is, I mean, you, you could be on buses for a long time.
1: So how did it He's work?
0: better if you're in the middle.
1: How does it work with the baseball thing? Because we've seen Heisman Trophy winners come back. You know, Chris Winkie kind of comes to mind. Uh, you know, Brandon Whedon was an Heisman Trophy winner. But guys that come back out of baseball and come and play football for a few years later. And you gotta you kind of mentioned, too, that by the time you, you went to Nebraska to play basketball, that you were in in a better position, I guess, financially because of baseball. How did that work as far as your uh, eligibility? I guess, in, in you know, as opposed to taking money in the same sport would nullify you from being able to play in well, the NCAA.
0: Well, <laughs> so in essence, what this would do is it would make me the greatest walk-on in Nebraska history because it worked out for Danny Knee. Danny Knee was probably the happiest dude on campus because got a player like, like me and didn't have to waste a scholarship on it. So I was not a scholarship guy. Okay. Um, the Marlins actually paid for my school. So with the Marlins paying for my school, you know, there was no obligation to that. So in essence, I was just basically like a walk-on.
1: Okay. And so how what was your obligation to the Marlins then, um, just to finish through this- the contract?
0: Yeah, just just you go
1: you go to you
0: go to extended spring. They give you a signing bonus, so you get a signing bonus, and then you go to extended spring. Uh, you know, after school was over, I'd go to extended spring, which would usually be right in the summertime. Uh, so I just miss spring training, and then um, then I would go and get sent to you know single A. So they wanted to move me up to double A, and that would require me to go to a full a full spring training and Mm. also they wanted me to play in winter ball, which go down to the Dominican or Puerto Rico or somewhere like that and play winter ball as well. So they, they, you know, they, I think they had some in the Northeast as well. They had some places where you could play winter ball. Um, and they wanted me to do that. And I just was like, "Ah." I was wore out though, man. I, I think I was on probation my first year in Nebraska because <laughs> mentally it's draining because it's like it's nonstop. You you know I, I got there and then when you come back it's the fall, the weather's starting to change and then I'm like I ain't going to class,
1: bro. I'm tired. Yeah.
0: And so you get into that mode and then I finally said, you know what, I got to step it up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm gonna be able to play ball. So yeah, that's kind of how I worked.
1: Do out. you still get packages? I know a lot of former players get like little like you're wearing your Mavericks gear. Um, I, yeah. I, I I'm. I believe, you know, like NBA teams will give you like a shirt and a hat every once in a while. Do the Marlins uh, still reach out to you or not not as much?
0: No, no, not as much. Well, what happened, the Marlins, a lot of them, the guys that were there when I was there, they're gone. You know, they've been new owners. You have new ownership groups, some of them. You know they don't they don't recognize that from that standpoint uh but the mavs do you know the mavs have a great connection to a lot of their former players i mean i could call and get tickets if i need uh if i want to go or whatever and and uh you know they'll send me gear they'll send me gear packages and stuff like that the mavericks do a good job of that
1: yeah yeah i, I notice it it changes it really does depend on the franchise but that makes sense it, it does especially with does. uh new owners and stuff i'm sure the same thing used. with milwaukee you yeah. know i
0: mean i if i really dug into it i probably could but the Milwaukee group that was there when I was there is not there anymore. You know, uh, Indiana—they're—they're they're pretty good about handling old old guys that come around. Uh, they have a good connection to those. Boston does too. Uh, for the most part, even though there's a new group there. But Boston, they're still pretty good about some of their former players being around.
1: Yeah, that's very cool stuff. And, um, you know, I, I'd like to see you repping your Mavericks gear today. Did you have a particular reason or just felt particularly Maverick today?
0: Uh, I felt, I just felt particularly blue today. There you Not go. blue from being <laughs> depressed or sad, but yeah. blue. I just felt like blue. I think this color is actually – it's crazy that the Mavs ended up, you know, being my team. But this, 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 this color blue is one of the blues that I – uh i have a you know real liking to you that kind anyway. of an aqua you know I'm, I'm kind of a blue type of guy
1: yeah well i've noticed that the mavericks have been pretty good with spencer dinwiddie getting over there lately so uh you know maybe they've kind of found something there but again let's get to that randy gregory deal because it is the the kind of the story of the day um one of the lead stories here on espn.com right now uh it was uh, quite a bit stunning because earlier in the day it looked like randy gregory was going to go back to the cowboys on a five-year 70 million 28 million dollar guaranteed deal uh and everybody it was kind of a cool story Right, because they had they had stuck by Randy Gregory since drafting him. We all know the story. He he fell out of it. He was going to be a top five, top ten pick, uh, and then had some troubles at the combine as far as passing drug tests. It's been a a problem that's followed him throughout his career. He's missed you know multiple games in almost every season he's played in. Uh, But the Cowboys stuck with him, and so it was. It seemed like okay, this is their payoff for it. Is right now now that he's a free agent, um, you know, it's not necessarily taking less money. It's still a pretty good offer out there, Um, but. But that was, you know, at least he was going to look at Dallas first and foremost. And obviously he was kind of having a breakout season with them last year, more so than he had in the previous years. Um, and then later in the yeah. afternoon, we find out he's actually signing with Denver. But it's not for well, anything okay. more. It's five years, $70 million, a year, million guaranteed. So everybody's yeah. kind of wondering what happened there. And then later in the day, you, you, you kind of see reports go out there. I think Werder reported that after Dallas had agreed to that deal, they were trying, and, and, and Randy was on, on a, a go with it, all of a sudden they were trying to cut some of the money. And, and, you know, so they agreed on a deal. Then they were trying to renegotiate at the last minute. Randy looks at it and says, I've got just the same offer out in Denver. I'm going to Denver. I'm going to be a Bronco. And uh, so that's kind of how that that story's played out. Um, I know there's a lot of easy jokes to make about uh, the differences between Denver and uh, Texas (laughs) that uh, might go along with Randy Gregory's lifestyle. But uh, I think more than anything, it it came down to being slighted by, uh, you know, getting a deal done, set in place, and then having them come back and ask you to cut money at the last second.
0: Well what what you what you have to look at is really what happened right um, you know his agent Peter Schaefer is is a guy that um, took that all into account they did look at those things as you alluded to was you know the fact that they stayed with him that they were committed to him and that they continued to bring up the Cowboys have a very good track record in doing stuff like that. I mean, they, they, they'll they stick with a the guy. They'll give a guy a second ch- a shot or a second chance. And so, you know, as it was stated by them, it was 100% as a matter that basically the Cowboys were tinkering, as they stated, with the contract language at the last moment. Oh, yeah. So it had something to do that Peter Schaefer, you know, picked out in, in, in the fine, so to speak. That's why I guess everybody, this is a note to everybody. Make sure you look at the fine print when it <laughs> comes down to a yes. Because real, real talk at the end of the day, we can have a decision. We can have a, a verbal, uh, we can have a deal in place, but until it's signed, nothing is, is actually in place. And so it had something to do with some of the fine print. And there probably was something thrown in there uh, that was trying to cover them dealing with the money situation. And basically, the Broncos was like, we don't care about that. Here it is. It's that. But Whereas the Cowboys were a little bit doing a little bit of fine print tinkering, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and it, it's crazy, too, just to kind of see uh, you know, to run through it again is the seasons that he's done, uh, how many games he's missed. It's, it's it, Even looking back over, it, it's surprising is that uh, the Cowboys selected Gregory in the second round in 2015. Again, would have been a top 10 pick for sure if, if he hadn't had the problems at the Combine. Uh, so he missed most of the 2016 season. All of 2017, 2017 uh, played 14 19. games in 2000 yeah missed all of 2019 as well um, missed yeah. the first six games of 2020 I mean it's just it's just so on and off that you wonder you know and he's in you know maybe he wasted his prime a little bit or maybe he's got uh, less wear on his tires <laughs> maybe Denver's getting a, a good deal out of it <laughs> have you ever watched half-baked oh I'd have to look that on. I think I did bro let me look at it
0: you've got to watch half-baked right he reminds me of this guy on Half-Baked that Dave Chappelle basically played. And and he just loved, he was a rapper, so to speak, but he just loved, he was like, he loved Chiba. He loved Chiba. That's, more, that's Gregory, he loves the Chiba. Now, a decision of him going up to Denver maybe that should have been in the contract negotiations because it is very legal tender (laughs) up there you know what I mean if you smoke that (laughs) you've got to watch that big hilarious movie but nonetheless yeah Gregory I think you know he's done a good job of kind of containing himself as a Blake you know what I mean making sure he meets the, the the requirements that are, that are asked of him um he's done a great job he was a great addition to the cowboys and what they were doing now opposite of michael parsons also lawrence down there as well they they they, they had a great combination he would come in and, and do his work on on past rushing downs and and, and made made some noise out there so it's good to see him now him getting over to denver could be good it could bode well for him. we all thought that maybe you know they would look to bring back Von miller but to pick up you know randy gregory that would be a good look for them uh, with what they're trying to do up there in
1: denver yeah and maybe it's you know some of the language that, that you use might come out as a, as a result of what happened and what you know what wasn't able to happen but apparently what they're saying is that the broncos Moved, I mean, had Randy Gregory as their number one target at that outside linebacker position, which is speaking a, a lot. I mean, you've got uh, you got um, Chandler Jones out there who is like the leader in yeah. sacks since like 2017 or whatever it is. So he's had like 107
0: over his career yeah. already.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, Could that's uh, maybe they, they they still think there is a lot more tread on Randy Gregory's tired uh, tires. So I mean, they'll they'll put him uh, opposite of Bradley Chubb, I believe, who was uh, pretty good, um, especially his his. his, his uh, rookie year, uh, where he had like 12 sacks. Injuries have kind of uh, compiled over him, but he's a good pass rusher as well, so they'll have a nice pass rush attack to go along with a pretty good defense they already have set out there. Of course, Russell Wilson um, being one of the big storylines going to Denver in the off offseason. Um, that's what I love more than anything is, is almost regardless of where the Huskers play, I just hope they play somewhere relevant so they can catch them on meaningful games, and Gregory's been doing that. Dallas, regardless of their record, is always on national TV, and they've, they've obviously been very competitive as of late, and Denver looks like, you know, they're right back in position to be competitive so you know gregory maybe yeah. can be a part of that over there at mile high
0: you're seeing a lot of teams starting to really look look at the the pass the rush in right and having one guy at that position that's good at what he does it, it limits really because they're seeing the importance of really lim- minimizing that time that the quarterback has That they want to make sure he gets the ball out of his hands right with the with with the way that they're calling defensive pass interferences and and they're they're not allowing defenses to be able to jar the ball out and and do different things that they used to now a lot of people are really looking at pass rush and having a couple whereas like you have the rams you have you have you know aaron donald who 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 demands a double team every time he lines up which gives gives those outside in rushers just a little bit more flexibility, and so when you have those type of dynamics, a lot of people are looking for two rush ends to be able to put some pressure out there uh, on the end and be able to secure the uh, uh, secure the, uh, the, the the run on the end on the corners as well. So those are some things that a lot of teams you can see this 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 uh, this this, uh, this this free agency period are kind of trying to do is trying to pair a couple of people up. Uh, Ie, what they just did with bringing Khalil Mack down there to the Chargers. Yeah,
1: is, whew, that defense is loaded awesome. out there, and then Bosa with,
0: with Khalil on I mean,
1: the between whew, the Chargers whew. and Khalil, you know, is going to be Man. is going to be that's going to be a welcome addition as far as like you yes, know sir. he's going to be going after the passer. The, J- Justin Herbert's going to score a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of pass yes, rush sir. opportunities out there for him, and obviously, obviously with with Bosa out there, Derwin James. I mean, they've got yes, a, They've got a defense out there, and that's division now is just stacked, and I. I thought the Raiders were looking good, you know, at least for what they were, where they were, what they had to rebound from Gruden. They made the playoffs. I thought, okay, they're doing pretty well, and they're they're not doing awful. But my goodness, every team around them in their division (laughs) is exploding, broken up, right? (laughs) everybody's broken up and like, hey,
0: we got to get ready, baby. Yeah, you know, and then that's the that's the key. I mean, Justin Herbert, he's very elusive in the you know back there as well. You know, the Mahomes is elusive. Um, you 've got some some quarterbacks out there that that have some some shiftiness and you know you got to be able to secure that edge a little bit yeah be disciplined
1: yeah. uh other former husker news uh, today veteran defensive tackle malik collins has signed a two-year deal uh worth 17 million eight and a half uh, guaranteed adam shaffer report that um uh, with resetting with houston so not moving um and again maybe the opposite of what i was saying <laughs> earlier I'm not playing on a very relevant team so we probably won't see much of malik collins unless you seek out the houston games but uh still good for him and he's had a solid career uh so far the other big kind of storyline of the day and, and there's there's. Been been a few of them miles jack uh was released so that's kind of interesting tyron matthew moving on from the chiefs um certainly heart and soul of that defense so that, yeah, that, that's pretty that interesting was, that as well was,
0: that was something yeah, yeah go ahead um
1: mm-hmm. but uh but obviously this uh this free agency cycle and NFL and and football in general revolves around the quarterback. And now that Deshaun Watson's out, we heard reports of teams that kind of needed quarterbacks that were seeking out, looking for him the other day. Today, you're adding to the list teams that already have a quarterback in place um, but might be looking for an upgrade. Um, The Browns are reportedly interested in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Apparently, they wouldn't include Baker Mayfield as far as the discussion, as far as the trade-off, which I don't know why. I mean, if you're bringing in Deshaun Watson, you start Deshaun and I don't know what you are just going to have Baker as a backup or maybe they want him as another trade block there the Falcons also very much reported um which is kind of and that's
0: odd too because you you know because um, um gosh darn it Matt Ryan uh Matt 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 Ryan just freaking um you know basically restructured his contract to allow the signing of of other players and so yeah that's kind of odd that they're you know they're looking to do that they you know that's crazy part about it too is they get you to kind of reconstruct your contract and then all of a sudden (laughs) you know they throw somebody in the mix and boop they kick you out the door and you lose your money so it's (laughs) like hey you know why do i need to restructure so
1: yeah Yeah. so you always got to look out for yourself ultimately the the franchise is gonna be looking out for the franchise's best interest and and kind of sad to see that happen to guys over the years but it does happen i didn't want to bring this up because we did briefly mention, uh, um, you know, some of uh, Randy Gregory's favorite things to do in the past. Uh, so we'll, we'll, I wanted to bring oh, this Panthers up. the
0: Panthers also. The Panthers are also wanting. Uh, yeah, the John, Panthers aren't
1: in, why, in why, there, which makes a little more sense. There? I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, unless he gets McCaffrey back, man, and, and yeah. he has there, and he's got another weapon or two, I, Panthers is
1: yeah. Is, is well, awesome. Sam Darnold wasn't the long term answer out there. We kind of knew that, so they're in the, they're in the yeah. open market. At least it makes sense there. But again, he does have the no trade clause, so he's gonna yeah. be able to yeah. pick uh-huh. where he wants to go. And it's likely gonna be a contender, you would think. You know, I wouldn't think he'd be ready to do, go back to a Houston situation where they're doing a rebuild. Uh, but I would, did want to bring this up because I think it's funny. Uh, Mike Tyson's weed company is making edibles in the shape of an ear <laughs> no, which is available Not now in california actions. Come on.
0: i'm never buying that if i'm if i'm looking to go edibleistic i'm never buying the ear edible, <laughs> i believe the ear that's too
1: crazy. i don't yeah, know if it's that's, just that's the that's picture old. but i think the ear has a bit of a chunk you know, oh, obviously evading. No. Oh, you know, going back to the Vander Holyfield incident <laughs> where he bit part of his ear off and spit it have out. You, have
0: you ever? Did you ever see the film on that? Oh right. yeah, yeah. I mean, really, really watched the film. So he bites the ear, then he spits the ear out. And he points with his gloves down at it as if it just fell off, <laughs> like, like he didn't bite it. It's just like, what happened here? Here it is. Yeah. He, like, his gloves, he points like, down dude, at dude. Your ear fell weird. off, <laughs> but but it seemed like a lot of that was spurned by he thought he was getting uh, getting headbutts from Havander. And you know, it, Mike in his later years, he he had a snap, he he would snap, you know. Oh, yeah, there was times where he punched, punched, kept punching after the bell and knocked. Knocked the referees out, so you know some people speculate that you know he probably was heavy on some coke and just doing a lot of stuff that was putting him on my. Because they were, they allegedly they were saying you know he was using pee to you know pass some of the tests and stuff mm. like that. So you know yeah. he probably just continued to snap. I mean, most people would snap if you feel that you're you're getting not the the the, the tail end of the stick and and you know. But I'm definitely not. Purchasing the, the edible ear—that <laughs> would never be a purchase restriction.
1: Well, he was, and he was like on the top of the world too. I mean, he was the world's most dangerous man. And then, if I remember correctly, it looked like Holyfield was kind of taking that fight, and so that was—you yeah. know—his pride was kind of coming on the line, coming he was down. Giving well. him the
0: business, he was definitely giving him the business. Either. Yeah, Holyfield was proud. That was probably the best shape I had ever. Uh, Holyfield was a beast, but I, I mean, that was probably the best I've. Ever seen Holyfield during that fight? I mean, he was he was taking everything that Mike was trying to give. He and I, I think I think after Mike had that loss. Um, he went downhill yeah it just it just everything about him and when when he went with don king and that whole group it just seemed like every and got married to robin Givens is like everything went to hell in a handbasket
1: <laughs> yeah that's why they say never get married kids no i'm just saying i make that <laughs> be careful who you, you marry your, maybe i hope your wife ain't listening <laughs> oh, yeah, my, my wife said, yeah i said that's why i say be careful who you is maybe or, or pick the right one something <laughs> okay. like that we're gonna get the break here uh on on the block on 93.7 the ticket